It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, every day, every day. All right, it is episode number 305 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. It's good to have you with us. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Long day at work, still stuck at the office. Open the DoorDash app, guys. Choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On. And away we go because we've got a lot to get to right away since we last joined you on episode number 304, which I put up on Sunday evening. We found out that Darius Geis has a knee injury. And we found out that Darius Geis has a knee injury to his right knee, meaning his opposite knee that was surgically repaired through the torn ACL, the one he hurt in college, Uh, was his right knee. Then, of course, the left knee he tore the ACL in in his NFL preseason debut last year, last early August in New England. Had that surgery, had some issues with infection and all that stuff, as we know. Took a long time to come back, played in one game against Atlanta. Did pretty good, 11 carries for 44 yards. Looked sharp, looked aggressive, was able to practice after that. Was not on the injury report all last week leading up to the Philadelphia opener. Then at some point in the first half, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I believe it was early in the second quarter, Geis went into the medical tent uh, on the sideline. And everybody kind of reported that. And everybody asked him about it afterwards. And he said he was completely healthy, not feeling anything, no problem. He went in there to because Mother Nature called. Uh, and then we find out that on the bus, according to Jay Gruden, on Sunday evening, he had some discomfort, some issues. So, as it turns out, Ian Rappaport, who initially reported the news on Monday, said he had an MRI. The team was going to do a full evaluation. They hoped for no surgery, uh, and but they were going to, you know, make sure that they did their due diligence. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reported on Monday afternoon that it was a meniscus injury and that Geis, quote-unquote, hopes to return in a few weeks. So you have that. Along with this, my knowledge of this situation is Geis has been dealing with some sort of ailment in his knee for at least a week now. Now, I wasn't sure which knee it was, and I couldn't get a second confirmation of it. So I had, I guess in my mind, just assumed that there was some sort of clicking or some sort of soreness or some sort of something going on in the surgically repaired knee, not in the other knee. But as it turns out, it is in the right knee. It is in the non-surgically repaired knee. And um, I would say this, because he was not listed on the injury report, maybe it was just minor what he was feeling. Maybe he was just sensing something. Maybe he was just, you know, just kind of tired. You know, heavy workload in practice. He hadn't practiced, obviously, a whole lot. 
Uh, he hadn't been cleared for full contact until mid-August. You know, uh, so maybe he was just feeling a little something, a little unsure. But the bottom line is, is as it turns out, it looks like, unless there's something in the surgically repaired knee as well, it looks like the knee that was kind of bothering him that I had heard about last week, last Tuesday, was actually his right knee. And so apparently he has a meniscus issue. I don't know if it's a torn meniscus. I don't know if it's just sprained or stretched or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, I don't know if he's going to ultimately need surgery. My fear is, my fear is that the Redskins try and get him back so quickly that by doing that, then he has to shut it down again and potentially get surgery because of swelling, because of wear and tear, because of whatever the reason might be. I could just see that coming in my mind. It seems to be always the case when it comes to the Washington Redskins. They try and get guys back on the field. Obviously, I understand why. And guys feel good at first, and then they have issues. Then it flares up. And I don't know if that's, again, every single team, every single player, or if it just seemed to be like it's the Washington Redskins almost all the time. Or there'll be an infection. Or there'll be some sort of setback. I don't know what's going to happen, but that would be my fear, is if he does not have surgery to clean it up, repair it, are we dealing with a situation where he takes a week or two off, then you know, while doing some light rehab, then starts to do more heavier rehab, cardio, all that length, you know, leg pulls, leg strengthening, uh, then tries to do football activities and has to re-shut it down again, and then they decide to do the surgery because something went wrong. That's my fear, because now we're talking, if that happens out of that scenario, and that's a realistic, plausible scenario, you could be talking about six, seven, eight weeks, somewhere in that range. Um, so here we are on this day after plus of the Redskins week one loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. And if that wasn't bad enough, again, they have this major controversy with Adrian Peterson, which we haven't discussed since the end of the game, just because we had so much going on, which we're going to get into now. And you have an injury to the guy that they chose, rightfully, over Adrian Peterson, even though he had an injury history, even though he was slowed by, again, a hamstring, uh, he was slowed by infections, uh, again, what I had heard. So the bottom line is you have Adrian Peterson still on the roster, you have Jay Gruden, who met with the media on Re on Monday at Redskins Park, who said, you know, they had to wait for the MRI, and it was possible that Geis could be up this Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. It sounds like with Fowler's report that that is not the case, but we won't get official word on that until at least Wednesday when Jay Gruden speaks again. Um, there'll be reports, but we won't get official word. At least from the team... Until Wednesday. And now you also have this situation where Jay Gruden threw Adrian Peterson under the bus after deactivating him for special teams purposes and because he was basically a replica of Darius Geis and Darius Geis could do his job and they thought better. And it's hard to argue with that. Darius Geis is younger, faster, more explosive. 
even though he didn't do better on Sunday, 10 carries for 18 yards. I mean, Adrian Peterson had days like that uh, last year for sure. Um, Gruden on Sunday afternoon after the game said, hey, he's a first and second down back about Adrian Peterson. So is Darius. So really, what do we have? About 20 first downs a game. Probably eight of those are passes. 12 of those might be runs. And Darius can handle those 12. So if we have a game where we think we can run the ball 55 times in a game in an I formation, then sure, I'll get him up. That quote right there is sticking in a lot of people's crawl. A lot of people are upset about that. And I get it. I understand it. I'm going to explain some of the reasoning and the rationale or my, my stance on it. When we come back, and we're also going to talk about Morgan Moses and some of the veterans on this team and what impact it might have in the locker room more specifically uh, when we come back here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. It is episode number 305. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Make sure you follow at Locked Redskins on Twitter, and you can follow me at Russellmania621. You can listen to me on 106.7 The Fan and the Radio.com app, and it is good to have you aboard on episode number 305. Back in a flash. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Guys, it's Chris Russell here, Locked On Redskins. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Who doesn't like to get paid when you get a W? Let's face it. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them and my bookie if they weren't the best. Simply do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always take the other side. So you have in-game wagering. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. The NFL season is, of course, the best time of the year. Join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code Locked On to activate the offer. That's promo code Locked On, and visit mybookie.ag. Today, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, it is episode number 305 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. So welcome back. I'm Chris Russell. Uh, So we told you about the latest on Darius Geis. Now, the interesting issue here is that Jay Gruden, after yesterday's postgame, basically threw Adrian Peterson under the bus, right? Basically saying that Darius Geis, whatever, whatever Adrian Peterson can do, Darius guys can do better. And, and that's probably fair and accurate, although there's, there's no proven file on that. There's one game now, 10 carries for 18 yards. There's no proven file on that, but that's what they believe, and it logically makes sense. The problem is, is Jay Gruden, because he's probably exhausted, 
because he's frustrated with being asked about it, because he knows it looks bad. He tried explaining it from a football perspective first. Guys, we got to go against Darren Sproles. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to cover extra linebacker, blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. You don't want to believe that? Fine. Okay. So reporters then asked, hey, is this a just for today thing, being that you're saying it was about Darren Sproles? Or is this a what we should expect every week thing? And that's where Gruden went into that quote that I was mentioning and referencing about, you know, if they have a game where we think we can run the ball 55 times in a game in an I formation, then sure, I'll get them up. Now listen, Jay, I don't think Jay meant it like that, honestly. I think Jay's being sarcastic. I think Jay's tired. And I think he's also sending a shot across the bow. Uh, I think Jay wanted to move on from Adrian Peterson, certainly last week. That was reported by the Sports Junkies on 106.7 The Fan. Uh, there were indications that there was a possible situation, uh, as we kind of alluded to, covered, that they might have might have released Adrian Peterson before 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern time on Saturday. They did not. They kept him. I don't know if Jay specifically wanted to cut him, but that's what I believe. Um, you know, and again, the report was that a well-placed source wanted to move on from Adrian Peterson earlier last week. So you could read all of that into who that is and whatever. The bottom line is the Redskins chose to keep him. So I believe then 24-ish hours later, after a frustrating loss, Jay Gruden snaps a little bit. And Adrian Peterson is more collateral damage. Not that that makes it right, but he's more collateral damage. I don't believe this was Robert Griffin III in 2014. I don't believe this was Josh Norman earlier this year in March. And what I mean by that is those guys... Bark, 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 bark. Griffin would throw others under the bus and blame others, and Jay didn't like that, and Jay snapped, even though Jay also complimented him in the same press conference, which nobody ever remembered, and as I've pointed out a million times. And then earlier this year, with Josh Norman, not that Josh Norman had spoke recently that I remember, but it was the accumulation of Josh Norman being way, 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 way too Hollywood. Way too over the top. And way too much of a drama queen for Jay Gruden to handle. And Jay, you know, coaches wanted to move on from Josh Norman. Not saying, I'm just saying. You put the pieces together and you could probably figure out who one of those coaches were, Right? So I don't think this is necessarily that or Griffin back in 2014. I think this is Jay using Adrian Peterson as essentially collateral damage and, again, saying, look, guys, I'm not going to play the 34-year-old running back over the 24-year-old running back who's faster, quicker, more explosive, all that. And I don't think anybody has a problem with that. I think everybody understands what Darius Geis is when healthy compared to Adrian Peterson. The problem is, is A, Darius Geis hadn't been healthy yet, and B, Adrian Peterson is coming off of a year, 1,250 total combined yards and eight touchdowns. And then on top of that, if you're going to go do the special teams bit, which again makes sense, people are not going to understand why you have to have a ninth linebacker in Tanner Vallejo 
or Wendell Smallwood covering punts and kicks and why that's more important than Adrian Peterson. Now, some of that is realistic and legitimate. I, I, I talk about special teams all the time. This special teams unit was brutal in the preseason. They're going against Darren Sproles. They didn't get beat in any way, shape, or form in that part of the game. So I think we kind of have to give a little bit of kudos to Jay Gruden for putting a priority on that. That's called game planning. That's called thought process. That makes some sense. The problem is, is could you have done it a different way? Could you have found a different player to take out in exchange for Peterson? That's what people are having a hard time understanding and dealing with. And I do get that to some degree. Now, the other problem in all of this is that the locker room apparently is upset. Mike Garofolo of NFL Network, uh, and I believe Ian Rappaport was in on this as well on Sunday morning. They said, hey, some veterans in the locker room were pretty upset. And you know what? I thought to myself, I said, look, I understand why they're upset because they're teammates, they're friends, uh, they compete with each other. You know, there is a division of class and state between coaches and management and players, right? Players are generally supposed to support each other. I can understand why some of them would be upset. I can also understand those that say, well, wait a second, shut up. Don't, don't worry about somebody else. You do your job. Do your job better and don't worry about what happens to anybody else. I understand that too. But that's not the way society and the world works. That's not generally the way a football locker room works either. So then on Monday morning, Morgan Moses, starting right tackle, came on 1067 The Fan and Radio.com with the sports junkies who we've mentioned and said about the situation, quote, anytime you've got a Hall of Fame guy that doesn't dress, it's a slap in the face. He went on further to say, you know, we need him, meaning Peterson, and once again, he mentioned, you know, if basically it's hard to see a Hall of Fame guy on the sideline. Now, I don't have any problem with what Morgan Moses said. He's one of the team leaders. He's now, what, a six-year veteran or whatever it is? He makes a good chunk of money. He's got a right to stand up for his teammate. I don't have a problem with that. He talked about, hey, the veteran guys need to stand up and step up and talk and go get a reason why, and and let the coaches, Jay Gruden, know how he feels or how they feel. Maybe that'll help. Maybe they should do that. The bottom line is this. There are some people that are going to say, again, mind your own business, and then there are some people, and I'm leaning more towards this, that I do worry a little bit about this locker room, which for the most part, for the most part, has been reasonably decent and reasonably harmonious Under Jay Gruden, I do wonder whether there's a quit factor, whether there's a rollover factor, whether there's a fractured fracture, if that makes sense, where maybe they're not in as much as they used to be for Jay Gruden, where maybe everything is not Shangri-La. I don't know if it will be, but it sounds like they're a little bit miffed and they don't understand and that they want reasoning because they don't understand, much like fans don't understand, the whole special teams thing because it doesn't affect their direct sphere of influence. So I think Jay Gruden certainly just needs 
to explain things. Now, maybe it's a thing of the past because Adrian Peterson, it looks like he's going to be up on Sunday and it looks like he's going to play on Sunday because of the Darius Geis injury, even if Geis somehow, some way, gets cleared to play in this game. Chris Thompson also was a guest of the Sports Junkies on 106.7 The Fan and the Radio.com app. He said basically something similar. Of course they want Adrian Peterson in the lineup. You know, and, and you know, he didn't think that Adrian Peterson would necessarily, with what was available to Darius Geis, would make a difference, but they want Adrian Peterson there. Now they're going to get Adrian Peterson. Now I wonder if Adrian Peterson is really upset and runs with a reckless abandon and all of a sudden makes the Redskins and Jay Gruden look bad. Or if truly Adrian Peterson is done. And maybe that's why they chose Darius Geis. Not because they had so much faith in Geis, but because they thought, for whatever reason they had, Adrian Peterson was done. He certainly struggled at times last year. We're not acting like he was perfect last year. He was good. And you're going to make an argument very good. But he wasn't perfect. The other quick thing that I just wanted to wrap this up with is, again, you do wonder whether this is a shot, meaning Jay Gruden benching him and what he said after the game in Philadelphia on Sunday at Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder, who basically kept him on the roster. Now, the story goes Doug Williams got Adrian Peterson in here for a press conference, uh, for a workout last August, and signed him. Now, it could be that Doug Williams has more direct influence in this regard than Bruce Allen. I don't know. But here's what I know. I know that in some pockets in that building, there isn't a closeness and a, a, a in-line thinking with Doug Williams. So I wonder if some of that is this, too. I wonder. I don't know. I wonder, though. Uh, and it could be. So don't dismiss it. Just trying to peel back some of the layers of the onion. You guys can decide what you think. All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap up shop with a roster move the Redskins make, an update on Jonathan Allen and Caleb Brantley, and then we'll come back and say goodbye right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF, that's K-I-C-K-O-F-F, at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, everybody, we welcome you back. It is episode number 305. So we got a lot of news and notes to get through. Uh, On Monday night, we found out that the Redskins were working out Noah Spence, a former second-round pick in 2016, uh, an edge defensive end type, which would certainly make some sense considering the Jonathan Allen situation and Caleb Brantley also re-injuring and re-aggravating his foot on Sunday, and that's where we want to start and kind of go back 
while we don't know what they're going to do with Noah Spence, and he is a little bit smaller, so I think he's, uh, you know, really more an edge, if memory serves me correct. Uh, Allen tweeted after yesterday's game, in which he missed, again, more than three quarters, quote, my knee's going to be fine, just a sprain. Well, the problem with a sprain is it is kind of serious. Now, it looks like it's just, you know, again, an MCL sprain. We don't know the grade uh, of it. Hopefully, it's not more than two to four weeks. Hopefully, it's one to two weeks, but we just don't know uh, at this point uh, for the Redskins, you know, arguably their best offensive lineman uh, and as well, certainly their most outspoken and charismatic leader. Uh, As well, Caleb Brantley, who we mentioned and we mentioned throughout training camp because I was so disappointed based on how good he had looked and everything that I'd heard. Go figure. He re-aggravated his Liz Frank injury. Uh, on Sunday, so I don't know how much time he's going to miss. If he's going to have to be put on IR, I don't know. Uh, but as usual, uh, the Redskins rush a guy back, get a guy back, and as soon as he has a chance, he re-injures himself and gets hurt. So the Redskins are really light now on the defensive front, and that certainly affected them on Sunday uh, because, I honestly, when I did 304, I, I didn't even remember that Caleb Brantley had been banged up. I knew about Jonathan Allen, but... You know, when you don't have those guys, it makes it hard to get a pass rush. It makes it hard to stop the run. It makes it hard to blitz because you don't have your normal guys. You don't have your normal guys. Uh, The other thing that we have to tell you about is Robert Davis, according to my friend Aaron Hawksworth, uh, who, of course, has made some news with D'Angelo Hall on the Athletics NFL pay site and their held of the podcast, she reported Robert Davis has indeed re-signed with the Redskins to their practice squad, their practice squad, uh, and received more than the league practice squad minimum to come back, which probably means he had an offer from somewhere else, uh, and he chose to come back to the Redskins on a practice squad over that team because the Redskins were offering him a little more money, or the Redskins said, hey, we don't, we want to bring you back. We can't put you on the 53 just yet, but we're going to make it worth your time. And so they get Robert Davis, a young receiver who obviously also has special teams ability. And we'll see how that kind of plays out in terms of, um, you know, the matchups and all that with the Dallas Cowboys who come in to FedEx field for the home opener this Sunday afternoon at one o'clock 35, 17 winners over the New York giants. Again, we have a um, imminent, tag from Jerry Jones about a Dak Prescott extension. So maybe we find out about that late this week, maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday morning, but we'll have to see about Dak Prescott getting that long-term extension from the Dallas Cowboys. All right. That's going to do it for us right here on the locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Have yourselves a great day wherever you might be. And whenever you might be listening more to come, Episode 306 will be on the way before you know it. We'll have crossover Wednesday as well as we get ready for the Redskins and the Cowboys Sunday afternoon. Adios. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 